This episode is sponsored by our friends with the Sharp Mortgage Team. You know the weather's getting warmer, but the triad real estate market is hot. If you've been waiting for more homes to hit the market and better rates, now is the time to reach out to the Sharp Mortgage Team with Highlands Mortgage. It's important to have a conversation with mortgage pros before you shop for a home so that when you find the house you love, you'll be ready to make an offer. Call them today, 336-575-9448, or you can visit their website at sharpmortgageteam.com to talk to a member of their team. Don't wait. The summer home buying season is already underway. So again, 336-575-9448 or sharpmortgageteam.com. That's sharp with an E at the end, sharpmortgageteam.com. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Happy summer, everyone. We appreciate you listening to this podcast with Jennifer Johnson. She is our certified financial planner with Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. They are located right here in Winston-Salem and a proud partner of the Triad Podcast Network. Jennifer, we have been talking about this topic for several months Mm -hmm. now, whether Mm -hmm. it was when the Biden administration student loan forgiveness plan first came out in early fall of 2022 to the the the, the um, states that challenged the the plan and the authority that he did or did not have to do something like this to the Supreme Court and when they were going to render their decision. Well, at the end of the term, the end of June, the end of the fiscal year, we finally got our closure on the matter. And unfortunately, the plan has been rejected by the Supreme mm-hmm. Court. So uh, bad news for those that were hoping to get some relief here. Right. Um, but I guess right. the, the the silver lining is that we actually know now and we can't we don't have to speculate anymore on what's going to happen. And we can finally dig into what to do next if you're someone that has student loans. So that's the topic for today, right? That's right. Yeah, I think that's right. I feel like we've mentioned it. You know, we've done whole podcasts on it when it first came out um, and then tried to give folks updates along the way. And now we do finally have some closure, though there might be a crack in the door for another potential forgiveness opportunities. But I, my advice to folks is just at this point going to be assume the Biden plan is not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely the Supreme Court ruled against it. This was late last week, so it's kind of hot off the presses, uh, which we were told they would they would probably do an announcement. They would come to a decision in June, and, and they did. Um, we talked about this before, but there were a few different challenges to the Biden plan, mostly, I think, around the authority of the executive branch to do something like that. And sounds like the Supreme Court uh, felt that he did not have that authority. And I think they are trying a couple of other options. Uh, their legal team is trying to, to maybe come up with another plan for forgiveness because that was a campaign promise of Biden. But I think this was was definitely kind of a, a last, I shouldn't say a last ditch effort, but certainly with elections coming up next year, I think they were trying as sort of a last last resort, kind of a Hail Mary, if you will, to get this through. And so I don't think there's going to be another another option come through. So, so I think, like you said, Adam, that means we know now um, that the folks that applied for forgiveness 
you know, that's that's not going to come through. And then also, I think maybe maybe a bigger discussion is, you know, folks haven't in many cases haven't paid on these student loans since the pandemic began. Right. Um, there was a pause on those and back in 2020 um, when the pandemic first hit and and interest did not accrue during that period. Um, so one of the things we've discussed before is how this is going to be a big change for folks. So, so I'm just, you know, just concerned, I guess, about the people and the impact this is going to have. How many people are impacted by this? Yeah, you know, the the data I saw were as many as 38. I think I at one point saw 40 million. Maybe that was a rounding error up to 40 million borrowers potentially had forgiveness. Uh, coming to them now, um, there were only 26 million applications, which is still a lot, right? It's still mm-hmm. a lot of people. Uh, I guess for some reason, some of those folks that might have been eligible under the plan did not apply. So it's a lot of people. Um, you know, 26 million is a lot of applications that are out there that were frozen. So that's a lot of people that are going to be impacted by this. And so I think. You know, we've, we've never experienced this before. Your loan servicers have never experienced this before. So I think it's important. There's a few, I think, practical things I think people need to do. And then you know, also want to offer some advice, at least in general speaking, um, to folks that might be impacted about what they can do kind of long term, you know, how to make this work for them, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, you mentioned that the, there's a little bit of an opening in the door for for people to get some relief. I don't I don't know that that correct me if I'm wrong but from what I understand after reading the reaction from the Biden administration after the the decision I don't know if the 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 amount of people's loans are going to I don't th- I don't think forgiveness is going to be back on the table. I I think the relief that yeah. people might get might be in some form of how they will pay back what they owe. Right. Right. I think that's a possibility. I think they're trying to come up with another way where they can use their executive authority to to offer some level of forgiveness. But I I think you're right. I think you just we just have to assume that's not going to happen. We the loan that you had going into the pandemic or the loan you have today is the loan you're you know, you need to come up with a strategy to deal with. Right. So where you are today, we need to to figure out a way, I think, to move forward. And, And you're not in this holding pattern we have been. Um, in fact, I think people ought to go ahead and take some action now, um, because I think practically speaking, you know, the, the payments are scheduled to restart at the end of August. So it's now July okay. 7th, you know, when we record this. So interest is going to start essentially in September. Um, so that's pretty fast. You know, that's you know, we said 26 million people had applied for forgiveness. Um, so there's there are literally millions of people, millions of loans, right? That this is going to be impacted, right? And and remember, you you know you you're, the loans these were federal loans, but they're serviced not necessarily by the federal government, but by a loan provider, right? A loan servicer. And so I guess from a practical standpoint, what I would say is you need, I think you you need to go ahead and get prepared today because it's going to be end of August before we know it. And I just can't imagine the flood of people and the bottlenecks that are going to be created by this the closer we get to the to mid yeah. or end of August or September 1. Yeah. Um, I, you know, because I, I think I think the challenge we're going to have is that I, I don't know that service providers really know that, you know, there's a lot of confusion when the program came out, right, about who's eligible, how to apply, how to get information. 
I think we're also now in the situation, which I'm not sure that service providers, meaning the loan servicers, know exactly how to handle this either. They've they've never been through this before, right? Where mm-hmm. you've had millions of loans be paused. So, so I think, especially if you're one of those individuals who has, you know, you haven't made a loan payment for whatever, three years now, right? So, you know, you may not remember who your who your loan was serviced through, right? Yeah, so, yeah. You may have forgotten, you know, so I think one today, an action you could take today is make sure you know how to access your loan, right? Um, and, yep. and if you're not sure, good chance you're not going to remember your password, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. If you do yeah, it, if you have years. an online account, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and, and you don't want to wait, you know, until August 31st to do that. I would say go ahead, get get in there, take a look at your loan now. If you're not sure who your service provider is, there's a link on studentaid.gov where you can figure that out. There's, there isn't a, you can log in if you can figure out how to log in. There's also a phone number. And, and again, I would get on that quickly because I can just imagine what that phone number, how that's going to back up as you get closer. Because, because I don't think we know right now if payments are going to automatically restart, um, if you need to reestablish a payment plan, um, even if you had one before. Um, sometimes when you apply for forgiveness, loan service providers change. So I think step number one is to make sure you know who's going to be servicing that loan and what's going to happen, you know, if you need to, to reestablish a payment plan. Because the one thing I think is clear, as we've stated before, is that the, the payments are now going to be required at the end of August and mm-hmm. there is going to be interest accruing. You don't want to be hit with with late fees. You don't want to get be hit with with other charges um, by just just kind of getting behind. Yeah. So, like like a lot of things these days, maybe you were doing an automatic draft from your checking account right. to pay these loans, and if those paused because you were able to pause those, the advice that you're giving is don't assume that those are just going to restart at the end of August. Yeah. Go go now, and like you said there's going to be a huge backlog of people because every yeah. everybody's in the, there's so many people that right. are affected by this that are going to have to resume payments that have paused. Um, you need to make sure you give yourself enough time to figure this out before, before the end of August. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking too, you know, some people change banks, you know, if you've changed a bank account, maybe mm-hmm. if you, even if the automatic draft starts back up, you don't want it to be some sort of like logistical problem that I would just check that. I mean, maybe you can access it, Hopefully, easily online and verify you know that you know the bank account on file and when that next payment's going to hit. If not, the advice I've heard is is to try to call your loan servicer. There is a, a list of service providers and phone numbers as well on that same website on studentaid.gov. Um, rather than try to email or, or figure it out through some other method, um, and I would expect you know you go into that phone call thinking you know you're probably going to have to wait, unfortunately, because I think you're you're maybe in line with millions of other people, yeah. you know, asking the same question. So I know that's very unexciting <laughs> here on our holiday week to be facing that, but I think it I think the sooner the better. You know, the sooner folks yeah. can get started on that piece and at least know know what you're what you're looking at and then we can develop a plan from there. Yeah. Get get started on it now and and while your fourth of July week may take a, a little <laughs> bit of a, a hit um emotionally mm-hmm. and maybe it won't ruin your late your <laughs> right. Labor Day weekend, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to wait till till then. Maybe yeah. you know maybe you'll get ahead of the rush 
who knows? Um, But I just, I think the reality is common. And this is something that I've been worried about myself and we've discussed before, you know, working with folks on their longer term goals, you know, figuring out their budgets, you know, how to put money away for like the things that are really important for you long term, you know, your kids, college, retirement, just being financially independent, you know, you, and these, these student loans are, are a factor in that. I've definitely, you know, had discussions with folks, you know, we'll do some small business retirement plans, 401k and so forth. And many times I've had discussions at an enrollment or education meeting with a, a new employee, you know, relatively new out of school. And, you know, they'll want to save more, but at that time, especially before pandemic, you know, they, you know, they had student loans and car payments and things, and that would really prevent them from getting started early on their savings goal. So, so I realized, you know, these, these things do matter. It mm-hmm. affects a lot of people, especially those new in their careers. And, and, you know, of course we haven't had, had those for a few years. Now, some people chose to continue to, to pay certainly, but I think a lot of people chose to, to stop, you know, in hopes it'd be forgiven or just, you know, you knew it wasn't accruing interest. So maybe you applied that payment to a loan that did accrue interest. So, so smart things, but I do really worry that now when those are turned back on, are people prepared to pay, right? Um, we've talked before about how during the pandemic, and, and we all are, I think, aware of this, you know, how much costs went up, right? Yeah. yeah. Inflation. I mean, food costs. You know, we talked about oil and gas prices last year with the Ukraine war. So all these other prices, you know, have gone up to really squeeze the budget. And if you, if you haven't been used to making a student loan payment, I just, you know, concern that, that that's going to be a real challenge for folks um, who may be in a really different financial situation than they were back in 2020. I want to take a quick break from this show to do two things. One, we'll say thank you for listening and supporting the Triad Podcast Network. Just listening to this episode is appreciated. Second, I want to ask that you support a local business that supports us as a presenting partner, a real estate company we trust, the Ginther Group, located in Winston-Salem. Right now, in the spring, the housing market is moving fast. You need someone you can rely on to assess your situation, read the data and trends, and steer you in the right direction. Interest rates, inventory, new construction, there are so many factors that impact our local market. Don't buy into the national internet headlines. Get the information from the folks right here in our neighborhood. Contact Blake Ginther and the Ginther Group today. Whether you're buying or selling, have cash or not, or if your home isn't in the ideal condition for selling, chances are they have a solution for you. Call 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com. Buying, selling, investing, or just learning, whatever you need, start now and like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life. Yeah, so so let's let's get into what some advice would be, and we've covered this in previous yeah. podcasts. But again, I think a lot of it is important to either repeat or or bring mm-hmm. up brand new because we we finally have that closure on what's going to happen. Right. Um, right. So we've talked about the practical advice, which is, hey, basically, simply. Make sure you know how to resume your payments. Make sure right. you've got that set up. Uh, right. Once that's established and once people are set up to resume their payments, financially speaking, from a budget perspective, what, what's some advice for, for the folks that maybe are in the are position where they haven't made a payment in three over three years since yeah. COVID started? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you've, you've got a one, like you said, as soon as you know what that payment is, when that's going to draft your checking account or however you plan to pay. I mean, you've got to make sure there's room in the budget, right? To right. pay for that because it can definitely be squeezed. I know I found some interesting surveys and data. Um, this was was actually done last year. Um, and I would assume this this would still carry true today. This was from 2022, in which a survey of 24,000 student loan borrowers found that the majority, in fact, 92% of those people were worried about how they would pay back the loans once sure. the payments began. Yeah. Um, it was crazy. interesting to, 92%. I, I know, and so almost everybody was concerned yeah. about it. Um, but what I found surprising was that that 61%, so over half, weren't worried before, basically. They, they felt like they could easily afford those payments before the pandemic started. And I think a lot of that has to do with how some of these costs have gone up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just with your food costs and how, you know, certainly housing, you know, we've talked about the real estate market, you know, people may have bought homes, yeah. right? During this period of time and, and had to pay a lot for it. You know, interest rates on your mortgage are up, you know, healthcare costs are up, um, all those things that really eat into the ability to afford that. So, I think if you haven't already, um, it's really time to look at what your expenses are, right? Let's look at what's coming in, what you know is going out, and how is that loan going to fit in there? Um, If you just don't see a way, there's a couple options that I thought people should know about. You know, if you look at at what your income is today, right, which Mm -hmm. I'm guessing has really changed. I mean, we think about how we work today versus how we worked before the pandemic, a lot of people retrained, took work from home jobs, their compensation, you know, might be really different. I mean, I think, I think definitely as you look at your, your budget, your income that, you know, you've got coming in the expenses that at least those that you can expect and kind of reasonably plan for. And mm-hmm. you realize, Hey, you know, there's just, there's just not any room here. I mean, one thing you can look at is, as I think you were alluding to earlier, Adam, there are some different repayment options right? So maybe you were on like a 10-year payment plan, you know, back in 2020 when we went into the pandemic and your income has really changed. There is the opportunity to switch. You know, you can go to more of an income-driven repayment plan um, in which they look at your income and decide a payment not based on, say, a 10-year period. So So you're probably prolonging that loan if you've got a pretty healthy loan versus yeah. the income you're making. But if it just, if you just can't figure out a way to make it work, I would definitely look at some of those different repayment options and just see if there's another option that makes it more workable for you. Now, if you can't afford it, I, I don't know that that's going to be advisable, right? Because eventually you want to be, make sure you're making, you want to make the payment, make sure you're making progress mm-hmm. toward paying the loan off. So it's not necessarily the best advice to get the payment down if you can't afford it. But I'm really speaking to those folks that things have really changed over the last three years and they were really hoping that this was going to be forgiven. And now we've come to the reality of there's a, a three, four, five, six hundred dollar payment that we just can't figure it out. I would look at one of those other options. And there's a simulator on the studentaid.gov, a loan simulator that folks can play with. 
that's helpful for folks too, that maybe we can put in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll put some of these links in the show notes, specifically the, the studentaid.gov resources and the loan simulator. Um, and, and you, like you mentioned, there are options where if you're, if you've, it, it's like a, it's like a mortgage. It's, if it's a 15 year mortgage, right. gonna, it's it's a shorter term. You're going to pay less interest over the term of the loan, but you're going to pay a lot more in principal. And you right. so your payments are going to be higher. And if let's say, I'm just making up numbers here. If, if you're paying $600 a month on your student loan and it's a 10 year loan, mm-hmm. maybe Maybe there's an option to lower that payment um, per month, but extend the term of the loan. Now you're going right. to you're going to end up paying more interest over the term of the loan, but yeah, um, but it at least gets you to a place where you can at least make payments on it and and not be in a, right. in a worse financial situation. That's right. I mean, because people have probably heard of forbearance, which basically means I can't pay, right? Mm-hmm. And so we we probably haven't heard much about that in the last few years because no one's had to pay. Um, But now I think that's probably going to be a word people are going to be familiar with. And that, that is an option still, as I understand it. However, um, you know, there's some disadvantages to that. I mean, one, you know, interest is starting back, right? So if you're not making payments, um, you know, your interest is going to, going to accrue during that time. And I think it's also going to affect your credit. You know, if you're, yeah. if you have student loans and forbearance and you go to try to buy a car or something else, you know, it's going to be a negative impact. So I think to me, that's a last resort. It's, it's really, if, if you can afford the plan that you were on, um, you know, just make sure you're not going to go in credit card debt for some other expenses or something like that. If you realize, Hey, I just, you know, I can't, that's yeah. not going to work. Things are just too different. Look at one of those other payment options. And I think, I think also, you know, we haven't talked about it a lot, but you know, this, of course, we've been focused on the Biden forgiveness plan, but there are other forgiveness programs out there. You know, that's something before the pandemic, it was actually kind of a hot button item. Um, At least one of the programs was called the public service loan forgiveness program. Sometimes you'll see that abbreviated PSLF. Um, in some some circles. And that's the one where if you work for certain nonprofits for 10 years, I believe it is, yes, I remember you can that. apply. Yeah. And there were just a lot around um, cops and just in people that worked in, in serve in our government entities mm-hmm. that, you know, applied for that. It got some really bad press. I think when, when the pandemic hit, we kind of forgot about that. But it got some really bad press before that because it was just such a complicated program to figure out if you actually qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your employment history maybe changed, you worked for a nonprofit, but then you worked for a for-profit and you went back, you, you would run into some challenges like that with actually qualifying. And and unfortunately, people would, would work under the assumption, pay as little as possible that they were going to get that. And then get to to the actual day where it should be forgiven and, and run into kind of some red tape. But but I think now knowing the Biden program is is not an option or, or extremely unlikely. I think we've decided yeah. uh, you have to move forward as if it's not going to happen. I would encourage people to 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 look at some of these other options. You know that being a popular one because a lot of people work for you know hospitals, for example. Mm-hmm. If it's a you know if your your hospital is a nonprofit. Um, you know, that could possibly qualify. It's at least worth, you know, worth considering and see if you do um, do qualify for that one. Um, there's a couple of others to um, a teacher loan forgiveness. So 
Um, that one's out there. I don't know a ton of details about that, but from what I understand, if you teach for a certain period of time, you can you can possibly have loans forgiven. I'm sure there's some restrictions, like in this case, it had to be a federal loan and probably probably some requirements there. But you know, again, I think it's it's a good time to really look at you know look at some of those those things. You know, kind of get I don't know if creative is the right word, but yeah, you know, leave no stone unturned, right? There you go. Yeah, I think that that's that's the phrase right there. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe the Biden forgiveness plan isn't going to work for you, and well, it's not going to work for you if you were counting on that. But that's not <laughs> right. the don't, that's not the only option out there potentially right. for forgiveness. So yeah, like you mentioned, there there are some other. Um, do a search for it. Look for uh, student loan forgiveness options, and you'll find, like you mentioned, public service loan forgiveness, teacher loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you mentioned uh, here borrower defense. Um, you know, yep. if, if if for some reason um, there, there's a couple others here, I think that you've touched on as well that that could apply to somebody out there. Yeah, if you if you went to a school and it closed on you, right? If it was there was also a time period where you had a lot of for-profit higher education institutions and some of those closed leaving people with student debt and no degree. Mm-hmm. Um there is a, a a loan forgiveness program I believe called Borrower's Defense in which you can apply for that. I think ITT Tech was a good example. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I think we all remember those, those. I think we all remember yeah, those. Yeah, all those commercials. Yeah, yeah. Like, really, really promoting it, and um, I believe that's a good example of of one of those. And those folks, I'm assuming, maybe got some notice of that if if yeah. you were involved in that. But but it's something that's again worth you know worth considering. Also, again, people probably already know this, but just in case, you know, if you became disabled during this period of time, right? Like mm. you, you had a student loan. Um, and unfortunately you've become disabled, you may qualify for forgiveness. So that's another, another reason. The other thing, which I've had some personal experience with this, if, if the person who borrowed the loan passed away, um, Mm. then definitely notify the service provider. Don't just assume payments of that by the survivor. Um, I had a case where the, the father had taken out student loans for the child and he passed away. And so we were able to actually call the service provider and we had to, to fill out some paperwork and send in a death certificate, but they did forgive that loan. Oh, wow. That was pre-pandemic. But um, otherwise, they were just going to, you know, the, the surviving wife and, and daughter who was then working, they were just planning to, to make those to payments. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's going to vary by the type of loan as we finding in many of these cases. But but if you've, you know, God forbid, but if you have had a death, I mean, that's certainly an example, you know, of, of something to at least worth checking on before you just start making payments. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we've, we've covered a lot of ground here. Maybe, maybe kind of close this out here, Jennifer, with a, with a summary of some of the, the yeah. main points that people should take away from, from listening to this. Yeah. I, I think, key thing to understand is even though they are trying, I think you have to accept the fact that the Biden forgiveness plan is just not going to happen. And I would go ahead and take some action now to make sure you don't start to miss payments because they are going to start up at the end of August and that'll be here really soon. And once you know what that payment is, make sure you can make that fit in your budget. If you can't make it fit in your budget, there's, you know, there's only a few things you can really do. You can really look at, can you modify that loan perhaps to make it work? Can you 
things we've discussed in the past, take on extra work, um, cut things from the budget. And then lastly, or at the, maybe at the same time, really see if there are other relief options, other forgiveness programs, other, you know, because of your situation, like we mentioned, disability, that might apply, might give you some relief. But um, I'm afraid, I'm afraid it's just, uh, it's a downer here on our holiday yeah. week, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I appreciate you, you bringing something that is, um, that that's going to give people a dose of reality. Um, I think yeah. at this point, people have, have, you know, hopefully come to terms with the fact that they're not going to have parts of their loan forgiven if they did mm-hmm. qualify for it. Uh, but right. at the same time, I, uh, I think, uh, I think it's helpful what you've done here, which is try to not make a bad situation worse by not, right. not uh, creating a plan for how you're going to adapt to this, this new reality of, of not right. have, of having to resume your, your loans, maybe for the first time in over three years. That's right. I mean, I think the, the positive thing is that you, you've had a three-year kind of hiatus, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully you're in a better situation, right? I mean, we, we didn't really touch on that here, but maybe you're an even better job, you have more, yeah. you know, more disposable income because you're not commuting or whatever. I mean, it's, it's a really good opportunity to, to revisit yeah. the plan you had before and just make the best of it, right? All right, Jennifer. Well, as as we always like to do, if people want to speak to someone about their own personal situation, whether they're affected by this or, or not, there could be other things financially that you'd like to talk to somebody about. Um, we I'll, we always recommend talking to Jennifer and her team at Three Magnolias. So if they're interested in doing so, uh, how can they reach you? Yeah, they can check us out online. We've got a website, threemagnoliasfinancialadvisors.com. That's all spelled out. Feel free to call us. We are local. 336-701-1600 is our phone number here. They can email me directly, uh, jennifer at the number three hyphen magnolias with an S.com. Um, yeah, it's a hard situation because, you know, we've we've mm-hmm. now we're faced with You've got limited resources, right? And some people are like, should I pay more on the student loan or should I save, right? For more for my retirement. And those are the kind of things we help folks with every day. So if I could be a resource for folks, I hope this has been helpful for people. If you want to take it a step further and talk one-on-one, I'm here for you. All right, Jennifer, we appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Securities offered through Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Cetera Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. The market indices discussed are unmanaged. Additional risks are associated with international investing such as currency fluctuations, political and economic stability, and differences in accounting standards. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and not necessarily those of Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Neither Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice.
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.